Hey, good morning and welcome to Dwayne Cotton's Build America. I'm Dwayne and I'm here with my co-host and producer, Ken Johnson. That would be me. And you know, if it has a roof and built in America, we're probably talking about it. <laughs> and even if it's not. That's right. What a week. Three days ago, I couldn't talk. Isn't that amazing? Wow. And sure, some people were happy about that, but you know, I, um, yeah, I could hardly talk. So I apologize in advance if I go through a coughing marathon today or lose my voice. Um, today we have a great show. We'll be uh, joined in a few minutes um, by Carrie Patrick with uh, Patrick's Hardware, located in Hampton. And today's a big uh, special day for them. They're celebrating uh, 120 years in business. And yep. that's, that's huge. I was going to say, stop and think about that for just a moment. 120 years. What businesses, how many businesses can you name have been in business nonstop for 120 years? That's amazing. Yeah, and, and the ones that I can think of are not really owned by the same people or yeah. family. It's, you know, a corporation that's changed hands 15 times and it resembles nothing that it did when it began. So that's a, a total success story and it's right here in Hampton Roads. That's cool. That is so cool. Um, you know, and also join, we, ha we have a producer uh, that's supposed to be joining us. We have a little switch up in the plans. This is the, uh, the, the uh, uh, live radio and, and plane flights. Uh, he is low, he's actually on a plane somewhere right now over Georgia and as soon as they land, he's going to text me, and uh, we're going to try to get him home. He's he, he's a, a build producer for the hit TV show Tiny House Nation that's seen on FYI Network. Um, and that's the latest crave right now in, in entertainment TV as far as home improvements is uh, how much room can you uh, create out of 400 square feet. In other words, what kind of comfort of our, you know, comfort level and quality of life can you live in such small space? And they're really doing a good job with it. That seems to be almost the polar opposite of what most people think. Most people think, I want a mansion, I want 16 bathrooms, 30 bad bedrooms, you know, the huge house. But for some reason, people seem to be attracted to little tiny living spaces. It's almost the opposite of what you think most people want and what we're supposed to be thinking we want. So I think that speaks volumes about people in general is the fact that you don't need a big mansion. A little space will work fine if you make it work for you. Well, you know, one thing that's has really got me thinking as I watch this show is uh, we buy and sell houses with flip for lack of a better term. Um, I like to say update and sell, but um, you know, when we're, we're looking at a house that's 700 square feet, the first thing we think of is, wow, this might be hard to sell. It's only two bedrooms. It's some 700 square feet, you know, and we, if we can't add on, you know, who's going to buy this house? So I start looking at this show thinking, wow, you know, we already have tiny houses in certain areas. I mean, 700 square feet is big for a tiny house. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at the, the new uh, term tiny house and I'm thinking, why can't we take those houses that are 650, 700 square feet, which we have a lot of them in Hampton, for example. And why don't we uh, simulate what they're doing with the tiny house in those existing houses? That makes sense. I mean, there again, I'm all about, you know, I, I call it recycling houses. You know, we uh, update, um, uh, millennialize, and turn these uh, existing houses, you know, it's built post-World War II. Most of them were built. And uh, the you know, house size really got small and architecture changed, like I mentioned last week. And um, I just think it's one of those uh, it's one of those uh, areas I need to explore. Absolutely. I think that's it's a good idea, especially since we know now via the popularity of this program that people kind of like the little smaller houses. They, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I first saw the show, I, I thought that, you know, it's a, that's that's fine. A, uh, a creative director at a network somewhere thought they they saw an end and, and and it would be different. But I think they actually saw a little bit of the future. 
I have to think that the economic chaos of 08 played into this as well. Probably, yeah. You know, people are uh, less likely to take on that big loan. But I say that just two weeks ago, uh, National Association of Home Builders uh, released data that shows the average home being built now is back over 2,600 square feet, which means that the McMansions are coming back. Oh, you know, so we've got a very short attention span when it comes to that. Now, if you financially are able to do it, perfect. Do what you want. To. I mean, that's the great thing about this country. Build what you want to build. Live where you want to live. But, um, you know, I, I just wonder how many, how, many of peop- how many people have forgotten, you know, what we went through in 08. So. Yeah. The underwriters haven't forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you've got to be able to do more than what, what did you say, fog a mirror? Fog a mirror, yeah. yeah that's the, nice. The liar loans, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, look, uh, the year was 1895. The first moving picture projector was patented. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nine inches of snow fell in New Orleans. Imagine that. Uh, the and it fir- probably flooded. Uh, yeah, I'm sure when it melted, it was uh, it was chaos. Uh, the first cartoon comic strip was printed in a newspaper. Can you believe that? Wow. I mean, think about that. I mean, when you're used to seeing the news that they saw in 1895, now here's a cartoon, you're probably thinking the world's coming to an end. Yeah. Um, the first pro football game was played. I'll be darned. I had no idea. I didn't either. Um, you learn something. And after six long years of construction, the Biltmore Estate opened to family and friends. And most importantly, W.T. Patrick's opened its general store in Hampton. Over the years, the general store began selling more and more hardware, eventually involved into a hardware store, what's known now as a hardware store. Um, this locally family-owned hardware and glass store has seen, you know, two world wars, a depression, a recession of 08 that everybody remembers. We've yeah. had a lot more recessions since then, but I mean, that was the biggest one. Yeah. Um, and you know, just a total chaos of 08 and, and they've made it through all of that. And, um, and today they celebrate their 120 years of operation. And this is truly an all American success story. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk to Kerry Patrick, the owner of, uh, Patrick's hardware. How are you, Kerry? Good morning, Dwayne. Hey, uh, Doing well, thank you. What's the big plans for today over at Patrick's hardware in Hampton? Well, we are 120 years old. Today, uh, we're offering uh, 20% off on any sale over $20. Awesome. It's, uh, on, the, on the entire inventory, something we've never done before and probably won't ever do again. But uh, <laughs> that, that, that's how we are. I now 120th. It's not every day you turn 120 years old, though. <laughs> no, it's correct. We've well, I didn't been know very, you, very blessed. I didn't know if to call it an anniversary or a birthday, but I guess it's a birthday for the company. Well, correct. I guess it's a little bit of both. Gotcha. So it's uh, we we've uh, had a good 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 early start with customers uh, waiting for us at seven thirty. So that's uh, that's always a good good sign, and uh, we look forward to a very busy day. Now, um, Carrie, can you tell everybody where you exactly are you located in uh, Hampton? We're on the old section of Queen Street, which used to be the main thoroughfare through downtown Hampton. Uh, Queen Street initially went over the Hampton River, and uh, in 1990, they changed it. They moved uh, Settlers Landing Road as the main thoroughfare. But we're in our original location. We're on the same stretch of road as Queensway that runs through all the restaurants in downtown Hampton. Uh, We're between Armstead and LaSalle Avenue on that stretch of road. Now, I I remember, um, you know, I grew up in Hampton, and I remember there was three places in downtown Hampton I remember going to regularly. It was uh, Patrick's Hardware, 
and the feed and seed store across the street from you. Um, and there was an ice plant around the corner on Kikatan Road by Columbia Avenue. And, right. it, and it seemed like on a, on a Saturday, you know, we would kind of hit all three areas. Um, I think it was Watkins Feed and Seed across the street. Was that it? Watkins, yeah, that was correct, yes. And they closed down, I'm thinking 15 years ago. And after they closed down, we took on the line of goods that they sold. So we became more of a feed and seed store at that time. So what exactly does Patrick's Hardware Store sell in 2015? Uh, we've Last year we expanded and we, we went into marine accessories. Um, that, that's a new addition for us. We're a Benjamin paint distributor. Uh, we have a large line of lawn and garden, a lot of builder's hardware, a lot of plumbing. Uh, and we... We we are just a very complete hardware store with a lot of hard to find items. Now you say hard to find items. Are we talking about uh, replacement parts for a lot of the houses that are built in Hampton? You know your Victorians and uh, you know. Did you have any of the old door hardware? The replacement for the old version of the door hardware? We have a lot of that old yeah the old mortise locks and doorknobs and glass doorknobs that fit those and and we have a lot of hard to find tools as well. Um, we service the brick masons. We uh, carry rose trowels and uh, Smith levels, which are which, which were what brick masons primarily want to use, and not many guys carry that. So we uh, we try to if we've been asked for something one, two or three times, pretty good chance we could put it on the shelf if we didn't have it. I hear you. That's good business. Um, yeah, you know, I look at all the houses, the old, older, I say older homes in Hampton. Of course, Hampton has a lot of newer houses, but if we look at the width area, I can't help to think how many houses were uh, built using products from hard, uh, Patrick's Hardware. I think that's, you know, it's just amazing. And, and, um, some of those houses aren't with us anymore, but Patrick still is. And I really think that's a success story. Yes, we, uh, we've been very fortunate. My grandfather started the business in 1895 when he was 18 years old, which I think is just remarkable. And he worked till his, his death. And I worked for my uncle, my father, and my first cousin. And recently, my uh, youngest son graduated from James Madison, Ryan, and two years ago, he joined the business. So he's kind of at work, working in our glass operation primarily, but he does still in the hardware side, too. Uh, I so just... I've got to... I've got a succession plan. I, I understand. I'm uh, even living here for over 50 years. I have still have not been to every single corner of Tidewater. There's a lot of Tidewater to see, and I've got to admit, I've never been to the hardware store. Uh, most of my relatives are in New Purdue, so we kind of went through Hampton to get to New Purdue. So I've never been there. I want to go, but I'm told that a lot of the store structure itself, a lot of the the physical plan, if you will, of of, of uh, Patrick Hardware hasn't changed that much. So there's still some parts of it that kind of look like it did a uh, hundred years ago that you can actually go in and see the store and it looks like it's been there for a while. Well, pretty much true. It's over hundred. The building's over a hundred years old and, uh, wood and concrete floors, brick walls. Uh, we did put a pegboard after I got here. There was no pegboard in this store when I started <laughs> 40 years ago. So now we, we're pretty well merchandised like a grocery store. So we do have a lot of pegboard. 
But other than that, the structure itself is uh, is uh, over 100 years old, and it's, it looks at yeah. we basically oh, the building's in good shape, but it's a uh, it's an old building. Oh no, the the character of the building is huge. I mean, yeah, it's it's the building is really great shape. But when you walk in, you have the uh, I can't help to think how many people and and who have walked across those hardwood floors that you can walk across today, and the history and what have those floors seen? What have they helped build? I mean, it kind of tells a story. Your your store by itself tells stories. You know, and just think about um, people that have been in there, conversation that's been had. It's just great. It's it's just energy I wish we could uh, somehow capture and, and watch it on TV. Well, it's kind of the American dream, really. I mean, you to, uh, to succeed in business and, and, and continue to succeed. So uh, our family has, you know, one reason businesses do fail, I mean, of course, they have the economic reasons, but... Uh, your family's getting along. I mean, you know, if you if, if if you have a little falling out in the family, a lot of times businesses go under. And uh, our family, we work. You know, we've always gotten along great and uh, work together, and and that's uh, that's a key to to our success. I hear you. Well, you know, our, our company, Build America Construction, uh, we deal with Patrick's Glass quite a bit, and uh, I w- I will say this: um, we really enjoy working with Ryan. Uh, he's very responsive. Uh, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a great transition over there and, uh, it's always been good, but I really like dealing with Ryan. So, uh, good job and congratulations on getting somebody in there, uh, that's ready to make it happen. Yeah, he's very good at communicating and, um, and that's, that's another key to business is communication and, uh. So he treats customers well. So thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we actually, and and I can tell um, everyone listening, if you need a, you know, a, a window replaced or gla- you know, a piece of glass in your in your house replaced, or if you need a storefront, you know, the aluminum storefront and glass for your store or office building, uh, you guys do that. You just did one for me at a at a local commercial job, um, an actual storefront, and uh, it you know it really went well, and I appreciate that. So. Uh, so Patrick's Hardware, located in Hampton. What's your address again? Uh, 395 West Queen Street, <laughs> Hampton 23669. I've got to wonder, too, so many businesses, especially the, the family-owned businesses, smaller businesses, have either been swallowed up by mergers and acquisitions, they're bought out by large corporations, or they can't compete with the uh, big box, in some cases, huge box stores that seem to take up two or three city blocks. Uh, and I have to think that part of that is, I guess, the lack of customer service or just don't want to try to compete with the big. How has Patrick's Hardware survived all these years against people that want to buy out or the big box stores up the street that you know may have a lot of different things, but maybe not specific things, don't have the customer service? Is that the key to it? Is it knowing what the people want, uh, dealing with people well, one-on-one, we... being friendly? How have you survived against all the mergers and acquisitions and these big box beasts? Well, no matter how friendly you are, you got to be competitive. And we buy from the third biggest distributor in the country, uh, and, and they are independent distributor. Uh, so we don't pay any co-op fees. You have Ace and the Do-It Centers and the True Values. They all co-ops, and they pay they pay co-op fees, which we do not pay. So our landing costs are cheaper than anybody else's in the hardware business because we. We we're in that their most advantageous buying category. So uh, we we pay no national advertising and different things like that. We do everything on a local level. So you're truly independent hardware store. We, we're truly independent because uh, these guys offer every service you want, but you pay everything out like cart. Yeah, I hear. You don't pay, play a 
you don't pay for a blanket for everybody in the country. Well, you know, I was I was thinking last night. Some of these may be uh, redundant, uh, maybe through tri- uh, um, acquisitions, but you've outlasted HQ, Heckinger, Builder Square, um, and you know, th- through all of these changes and Hampton's growing, and, and the main source of uh, shopping in Hampton has kind of moved away from downtown Hampton and down the Mercury Boulevard corridor. Um, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm excited it, to me when you, when you grow up somewhere and you see a store your whole life, you, you, you kind of root for that store. Um, and not only just for that, but you have good stuff. And when we need something, you generally have it. And so, uh, it's, it's just, to me, it's a, you know, it's a personal success story for you guys to see, you keep on, uh, you know, succeeding in business. And I mean, 120 years is just huge. So. Well, uh, thank you. And, uh, I appreciate you. You know, give give us time to to share our story. All right, yes, sir. Last question for you: How long? Uh, what's your hours of operation today? What time do you close today? Okay, we uh, our Saturdays so we we open seven thirty and close at five on Saturdays and Monday through Friday we we open till five thirty. But we'll be at five today. So go check Waiting out for everybody to come in. Go check out Patrick's Hard WT Patrick or Patrick's Hardware located in downtown Hampton and. Uh, and uh, go and check out everything that you have, and including the marine accessories that I did not know you sold. It, that was a new category last year, and uh, we have a full-service ca- catalog with that. If we don't have it in stock, I get it uh, before we open it the next morning. They have a lockbox in the backyard that they fill up before we even open. So, well, so Carrie, real quick turnaround. Well, Carrie, I really appreciate you joining us today, and uh, congratulations again, and to much success. Thank you. Well, Dwayne, thanks for including me. Yes, sir. Thank you. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Outstanding. Amazing success story. 120 years for a business to stay in business with the same people, the same family, same location, same building. That's that's just, it's almost unheard of, sad to say, without any merger acquisition, without any change, without any corporate takeover, anything like that. I wonder how many businesses are like that in the United States as of today that have been around for over 100 years, same family, same company, same same everything. I might look into that. That it, would be an interesting that's statistic an interesting, to see because yeah. they might be unique. Uh, well, uh, they are unique. I mean, and, and uh, the stores, like I said, I, I love walking in the store. You know, to, to me, you go in there and you, you buy it. You're, you're going to shop. You, you know, you're looking for something. You buy it and you go do your job. But I, what I really like is every time I go in there and shop, I also remember, you know, the days when I was a kid with my parents <laughs> shopping. And it's a real good feeling, you know, so you, you really do like that. And uh, there was a couple of hardware stores in Hampton that my dad dealt with a lot. And uh, Patrick's was probably the first. Uh, and then there was another one on King Street uh, called Johnson's Hardware. And uh, my two memories will always be those two hardware stores and mainly Patrick's, not the big box stores, the uh, airplane hangers, you know, with mm-hmm. three people working and nothing wrong, you know, but uh, there's nothing like that one-on-one personal customer service that you can get. So that's truly a bit running a business nowadays is a full contact sport. So uh, I'm glad to see a new generation, Ryan. Uh, I think he joined the business in 2013 um, and he's over at the glass shop and they actually have a glass shop on Armstead, um, Armstead Avenue. It's just right down the street from their main hardware store. And, uh, like I said, all, you know, awesome people, great family uh, experience when you go in there. It's just a good place to shop. You you leave uh, inspired, not discouraged. That's a big thing nowadays. It's nice to see, too, something of historical value. I mean, how, how much historical value is there in commercial buildings? Well, it depends on what it is. 
Uh, I see a lot of buildings getting torn down right and left all the time. Some of them, well, you know, the architecture wasn't that great. It wasn't that good. Some right. of the buildings were really nice, unique, like the Circle Restaurant in Portsmouth was torn yes. down. That's a unique building. Somebody probably could have and should have gone in and salvaged that. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. It's been torn down. Uh, so many buildings in Norfolk were just raised by bulldozers when there could have been some upgrading, millennialized, if you will, the buildings. They were still viable, still useful, uh, probably st still could have served a purpose. But somebody said, no, let's take a bulldozer, tear it down, put up something. And a lot of the new buildings now just don't have any character. Square boxes. They're cold. They're lifeless. I mean, some architects, some are, oh, yes, it looks fabulous. Those lines are so nice. <laughs> Glass and chrome looks wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't speak. It doesn't doesn't have a feel to it. Uh, some of the buildings have been saved. There's some old buildings in Norfolk and other cities around here that have been preserved. But for the most part, it seems like the mentality for doing anything new or different is bring out the bulldozers. Yeah, and, and you know, some of that is in the, uh, the unfortunately, the building codes. Uh, sometimes uh, the building codes makes, makes restoring a building very difficult. I personally went through that in York County when I tried to save a landmark. And it... Uh, the building was pretty bad, but you you um, you were not able to get any leeway. In other words, that you fell underneath the permitting and the building requirements of a new building. Uh, there was no special uh, uh, help, so to speak, that you would get for trying to save a landmark. And so ultimately, um, we demoed the building. I mean, I guess raised it, which I've always thought about that term, raising, <laughs> when I'm going it the other way down. with it. I'm actually taking it down, not going up with it. But... Um, it's, uh, you know, that's something that we, we had to personally go through. I think s some of the building codes uh, will dictate what's saved and what's not saved. And I wish we could uh, change things so that we could save, uh, you know, a lot of these older buildings. Um, Charleston, South Carolina is a perfect example of a place that obviously someone were looking to the future and saving the past. Mm -hmm. So they kept these buildings. And, and some of those buildings were actually rocked by a uh, earthquake. Uh, years ago, if you go down there, they have braces and turnbuckles that actually hold some of the brick veneer <laughs> walls up. So, so uh, you know, it's it, when you look at somewhere like Charleston, um, you know, they thought about it. And you, unfortunately, other cities, for whatever reason, haven't. And whether the buildings were, you know, in too bad a shape or or whatever the case may be, Econo local economics might have paid a uh, you know played a huge role because if you if you don't have economic growth in an area. You know, who wants to come in and invest all that money and save that building and start a new business there? And though the asbestos issue was probably what killed the uh, dome down at the Virginia Beach Oceanfront more than anything else, because it was, as you could look up in the ceiling, and there it was, asbestos covering the whole ceiling. The old Allen B. Shepard uh, Convention Center, named after the astronaut who lived here for a while and then went up in the, the Mercury program. Uh, but they just couldn't overcome all that asbestos. It was either completely gut the thing, and then do something different, plus with all the hazmat situation, or just tear it down. Plus, it's it's too valuable a piece of real estate, I think. That whole piece of property is worth more than what they would have had to do. So, But it was sad to see that uh, one of the first big geodesic dome projects, uh, especially in the United States, but even here, uh, get torn down and go away. But uh, sometimes you have to do what you got to do. Times change, and time marches on. We've got uh, tiny houses coming up. This is really cool. I know a lot of folks, uh, some of the people here in the office, when they found out that it was going to be on, it's like, oh, we want to hear that. So oh. this is going to be a good segment coming up. Well, we have, uh, I just got a text. Calvin just landed and they're taxiing right now. So in a, just a few minutes, he'll be off the plane and he's going to uh, call me and we're going to get him on the phone. A couple uh, things in the news about real estate. Um, now, uh, 
remember, we buy houses. So anybody has a house to sell, if it's a rental house, any house that needs work and you do not want to spend the tens of thousands of dollars in it, give us a call. Uh, you can call us at 483-4848, that's area code 757, um, or you can uh, go to buildamericaconstruction.com, and the, there's a contact section there. You can put all your info in. We'll give you a call, and uh, we'll start the conversation. Yeah, abs- to buy houses. Also, if uh, somebody wants to do some of their business, I mean, it's, we're not just talking individuals with private houses. You work with businesses, too, and I know a lot of businesses might be looking to do uh, either renovation of their current structure, or maybe they have a building in mind and they're wondering, you know, can we fix that up to uh, accommodate our business? So not only individuals, if you got houses that you're looking to uh, to sell or do something with, if you've got a business out there uh, and you get a little tired of the, the building, maybe it's kind of old and it needs some upgrading, or you see a, a building in a nice location, but it's a little old and might need some updating, call Dwayne. He's your man. Yeah, uh, if you have a commercial building and you're looking to divide or open it up, you want to build a wall or, or a uh, you know uh, update the storefront and and kind of rearrange uh, the um, floor plan. You know, give us a call. You know, one of the biggest things is a, a in some cases. Now, this wouldn't be true for Patrick's because the store has such such history and such architecture. But if you're looking at just a a regular office building. Updating that office every, you know, five to ten years is a really good idea. Keeping a, you know, the fresh face and a constant, uh, uh, the upgrade, so to speak, the things that are trending right now. And, um, you know, this is something that we really want to uh, promote. A um, little bit of news in the in the new homes and in the real estate. Um, housing starts fell 17% in February. Um, of course, new home sales rose 78 in February. And so what does that tell you? What that tells us right there is uh, it, what it tells me. I'm not an economist, so please don't call me and, <laughs> if, if you are one. But what it tells me is the bad weather really slowed down the new construction, getting houses out of the ground or the or the uh, the starts. Now permits were up, so you have home sale sales are up, permits are up, but new starts are down. So what tells me there is it's not the overall macro. Uh, housing market it's the weather which has slowed things down i think we'll see that number increase so what weather we haven't had any bad weather oh, what are you sure. talking about? it's been great you know <laughs> short sleeve tank top shorts in Holy january mackerel nanook of the north for god's sake well, I'm, I'm ready for the summertime you know I, I, a lot of people that by august i'll be ready for fall so i guess <laughs> i really love my seasons i'm complaining you know four times a year so all right uh i think calvin is uh Finally. Calvin is right. I talked to him out of going to get the, the, the big biscuits in the main concourse at the, See, the Hartsfield. So he's so ready to convince them to stay out of <laughs> yeah, the he, food court yeah, for a little while anyway. Calvin Collins, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good, Dwayne. How are you, man? Uh, I'm, I'm really good. So uh, you've been on an airplane since what time? Uh, since uh, just, just uh, 1 a.m. Uh, Pacific. Wow. So yeah, so uh, that's so fresh a, off the plane, just walked off, and uh, excited to talk to you guys. Well, I, I really appreciate it, and sorry for uh, trying to you know cram an hour conversation into twenty minutes, but we're going to do the best we can. Now, uh, C- Calvin, uh, I met you a few years ago. Um, I participated in a build for Extreme Makeover Home Edition in Georgia, and then I was the builder for the Extreme Makeover in Virginia Beach, and that's where I met you. You were a project manager for the production company for ABC. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, Dwayne, you were, you were awesome, man. That was a fun time. And, and, um, basically I, 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 you know, set up everything with the, uh, with the build side, coordinated it, 
um, help facilitate as best, you know, of course, um, as, as we could with, uh, you know, building a home in seven days with you and, um, and and help you pull it off. And believe it or not, we did, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And it was a challenge. I was going to tell you, you, uh, you kept me out of the uh, – well, first of all, you kept me from leaving the job site. I'm surprised you don't put electronic bracelets like uh, – <laughs> what do they call it? You know, jo- minute, job site arrest? <laughs> They didn't put the electronic uh, no, bracelet I, on you? I, I didn't have it. I guess they could trust me. So, uh, oh, you're lucky, man. You're lucky because it, it, it's a booger. It really is. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the other project managers was telling me an incident in another uh, on another build where the builder had his phone upside down and turned the wrong, wrong way trying to talk on it. And I was like, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, we actually have, it's funny you say that. You know, I mean, honestly, all the builders are uh, amazing and we, it's such an amazing time meeting all of them all over the country. But there was this one particular one where we call it a phantom call. When someone doesn't want to talk to you or they need to act like they're busy, they just pick up their phone and act like they're talking to somebody. And, and this poor fellow, he was so tired, he was doing that. <laughs> so yeah. well, we called that a phantom call. Yeah, well, I fell asleep <laughs> in my truck. You know, I, I was telling uh, yeah. everybody the story. I just wanted a Kit Kat bar. Yeah. And I fell asleep in my truck one night trying to warm up. It was about 2 a.m. And I, I woke up probably at 3.30 Hundred degrees in my truck. The Kit Kat bar was melted. I figured <laughs> yeah, it just gets it just gets better from here. It has to. I mean, That's right. But listen, hey, um, you know what? My hat. I tell you, Dwayne. My hat's off to anyone who take you know accepts a challenge and and can actually and, and and strives through and doesn't give up and pulls it off. And so it was a it was a pleasure doing that that uh, particular build there in uh, Hinton Roads, Virginia Beach, with you. And uh, and you're a talented seller to, to be able to do it. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Well, likewise, because I went through two of them. One where I was the builder. Uh, you went through it week after week after week. So I don't uh, I don't know how many ulcers you have to prove it. But uh, and Calvin's a cool guy. I was fortunate enough to meet and spend time with Calvin at the Virginia Beach build and, and spent some time with him. Calvin, you're a cool dude. You you take all this challenge, all this work. And you never lose your sense of humor. You never lose your humanity. Uh, that says a lot for character. So in my book, Calvin, you're a great guy for being able to do all that and still keep a smile on your face. Well, you know, I appreciate it, man. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's not even a fake smile, believe it or not. You know, <laughs> the main, the, the, Because the main thing is just to uh, keep accepting these, these challenges and, and to keep going. There's no other, there's no other choice, you know, if, if you're disgruntled week to week or the next step. I mean, really, you shouldn't be, you know, in the uh, involved in the in such of a challenging uh, position. So that's that's the way I look at it, man. And you know, I'm six feet above the ground, and things are good. And every every week, even with uh, this new production I'm working on, is is a um, is a new challenge and um, exciting uh, new things coming. So um, yeah, man. It's, and then I get to work with people like you know, like Dwayne and uh, new builders every week that are trying to you know learn it, you know, maybe a new uh, process and uh, and accept the challenge just out of the blue. And that's that's courage, you know, because I've seen it before, you know, tons and tons of times. But but someone, uh, you know, and a builder locally that just says, you know, I want to do something different. That's pretty cool. Well, tell me about this this new project, Tiny House Nation, which is seen on <laughs> FYI Network. Well, um, now you joined your position there is uh, build producer. I think you told me. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's very similar to what I was doing, just a little bit uh, more in depth. You know, with project managing, but it's construction managing and build producer, meaning that I'm focusing on uh, you know producing the bill, obviously. Um, and you know, what the great concept about this show is is that it's so tangible to the uh, uh, audience and viewer because you know these are tiny homes; they're not these huge, huge homes. Not there's anything wrong with that, but they're but they're able um, to you know be a size of a home that people can wrap their head around, literally. 
and and they can you know take tips you know about the sh- you know from the show and actually use things maybe and incorporate them in in their own life in the smaller home they have or you know what a lot of people do is they call in and and, and you know submit their you know ideas and and then we possibly uh, you know put them on an episode. Okay. Um, so it's 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 pretty neat, man. I love the idea. It's so far so great as far as the uh, show. Our ratings continue to. Uh, you know, increase, and um, I am very passionate about the project and really the whole culture. Well, and and you should be because it's a really uh, cool idea. We were talking about it earlier, and I, you know, I thought that it was maybe just sort of a fad that that was put on TV. And then I said, you know, as I've looked at it and watched it over the years, you know, this is a um, this is a movement. I mean, this is something that I think is here to stay. What some of these houses are built on foundations and some are actually on trailers. Can, if the ones that are built on trailers, can you transport them? How is that done? Is it considered permanent or, or temporary service? Yeah. No. So that's exactly what the, you know, a lot of, you know, the versatility of these tiny homes are is that, you know, when you build them on a trailer, obviously you have um, mobility. I mean, you can, you can take it anywhere. Um, typically the trailer builds are under, you know, four or 300 square feet, a little bit more manageable to move, but at the same time, you could, you know, build them up to, um, you know, whatever you'd like, depending on the trailer size you'd like. Usually what we concentrate on is homes under 500 square feet um, for the show, because if you get a little bit above that, it's not so tiny, you know. So we, wanna, we, we, we focus on that angle. But, yeah, that's the idea. You know, a lot of, these, a lot of um, what's going on and the people that we have involved with the show and casted, um, they're people that just, um, you, know, you know, have their own feel about what really a home should be. And also usually have a little bit of mobility, um, you know, in their lives as far as, you know, if they're a mountaineer couple or if they're, um, you know, just, just people that um, in the next couple of years they have a plan to travel, um, you know, with, with uh, their, their job, um, you know. And then there are some, you know, we have the foundation homes that have been really amazing as well that um, are under 500 square feet, but they just want to uh, live sensibly, nicely, have a really high-end design home but not 10,000 square feet. I got you. Well, uh, now, one of the hosts on the show, I think, is Zach. He, he travels, I think, around with his his tiny house. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, from time to time, it's there, uh, depending on how quick we do a show um, in another episode and how far away it is. That, of course, um, that of course is contingent upon that. But, yeah, you know, he, um, he has his own uh, tiny home. Well, is it now? How do you uh, figure the exact if you're if you're building a tiny house that's could be mobilized and moved from site to site? Um, what is the maximum height and width? Um, I know length. Well, is- yeah, I was going to say is it, it really depends on you know one the state you're in, and two um, the if you want to decide to do a wide load transport or not. So it has to do with if you want to stay within, um, you know, typical uh, DOT and, and state minimums or maximums, rather, and, and or if you're comfortable with um, making a little, you know, funky as far as the measurements go, above like 13.6 for the uh, height and then, above, you know, wider than 8 foot for the, uh, the width, um, you can do a wide load or a, a large load transport and just it'd be more of a costly process. So yeah, right, and I'm familiar with that as being a um, modular builder as well as stick built builder. Uh, you know, when we move modules, there's a lot of expense in there, and um, sounds like you're at the airport still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, that's, guys. I'm trying to get to a quiet corner. Oh, that's all right. That's that's it. not the plane backing up, is it? No, not the plane. Yeah, you can't say, escape those little carts, man. You got to watch. Them yeah, I was going to say, might want to run. Might want to run now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that. So, where do you see the show going from here? Um, 
Um, I, I think the new episode, and I'm sorry I didn't prepare for this question a little bit better, but I think the new ep- episode start is at April 13th. I think it's right around April yeah. 13th. Yeah, the 13th, and we also have, you know, continuing, we just had a, uh, what's amazing, we just had a, um, you know, top 10 special just a while back, and, yeah, we're getting ready to launch it like a whole new line um, as well. So basically where the show goes from here is, you know, continuing to, uh, you know, refine the diamond of it, just doing, you know, finding uh, amazing new couples all over the United States um, and people that, um, that are just very interesting, interesting of why they want to do it. Um, which is go tiny, that is, and um, and just see that process because you know that's what makes it so entertaining. Um, it's not necessarily just a tiny home and looking at it and then you're done. Um, we have another show, House Hunters, that's, that's about that mainly. What, what makes you know uh, Tiny House Nation entertaining and so um, popular, I think, is that it's so it, it's tangible to, and, and conceptual to the common viewer, and they they get entertained as well as educated at the same time. Sometimes without even knowing it, I think. Yeah, because there's so much involved. Have, have is there any thoughts of doing sort of a neighborhood, a tiny house neighborhood, or I don't know if that's the term I'd use. Well, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, we're open for all ideas. You know, it's a great creative uh, production company. You know, I, I'm working with, and um, ideas are always out there bouncing around. I can't say or say no or yes or but 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 you know, all I can say is you know, we're we're creative people, so you never know. You never know. Throw you an idea. I'm just wondering, we've always, or at least I, it seems to me that when people talk about houses, they all want the biggest thing. They want mansions. You know, they want uh, 15 bathrooms, uh, 36 bedrooms. They want the great big cement pond out bot, you know, a little reference to Beverly Hillbillies. But this show <laughs> seems to really attract a lot of attention. People really like the little houses. How do you explain that dichotomy between the image that everyone has? I want a big mansion, but people seem to really want the little houses. What's, what's going on with that? Well, you know, I really think it has a lot to do with, um, you know, and people's life experiences. And since, you know, since, the, you know, obviously the downturn economy, um, in 2007, 2008, um, obviously a lot of things happened with uh, mortgages. And, and if people weren't directly affected by it, they probably saw some of their friends and family go through a situation where they weren't able to pay, um, you know, their mortgages as well. So I think what happens is there, whether it's an economic reason or a cultural reason, um, usually someone always has a reason for, for looking into a tiny home. And, you know, it's either, um, you know, looking into that situation for a well-designed, not, not big. See, that's, that's, that's the rub there, I guess, you know. It's not that you have to have the biggest on the block or, the, or you know, the largest, um, you know, so many bedrooms or 38, uh, you know, baths or, or what have you. <laughs> It's that it's that you have a a well designed space that fits your needs, and there's something to be said about that. You know, that is concentrated on detail, that um, that has the amenities you've always wanted, but possibly you couldn't afford because you had to stretch it to a two thousand or four thousand square foot home, and but so now you've com- compressed the square footage, price per square footage is shrunk, um, and um, and you're able to do these uh, you know extra amenities that normally you wouldn't. Yeah, well, the, you know, one of the things I uh, I was watching the show, and, and I see where sort of the personal side of this comes into play. They'll show the families deciding what they can do without, um, you know, what they want to keep uh, and what they can give up, so to speak. And so a lot of that, it's it's give and take, and, and they do a lot of giving to live in, in a house like this, but yet then their life becomes so much simpler, and you don't have the burdens of owning all of this stuff. 
And so I think exactly, yeah, you know, you're right there, Dwayne, and that's usually what we call our pare down, and and that is, it's a little tough to be detached from those material things here and there, but it's not like you're giving away everything. It's just, it's just really thinking about, okay, what do I really need? You know, what do I really need to make this work? What's important to me? What do I really use on a daily basis or throughout a week? And if I don't use it throughout a week or definitely throughout the month, it probably doesn't need to be taking a bunch of space up in my home. That's exactly you know, well, you know, I said the exact tiny. I know? said I said the exact same thing last week. We we had a show where we were talking about getting your house ready for sale and and you know clean your attic out, clean your closets in your garage and chance if you haven't used it in the last 6 months, you don't probably don't need it. Um you know, it is one of the things you can declutter, I guess is the uh the term. And, 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 and that does a lot, I think, for your mental state. It makes you a, a lot happier person not to feel the burden, and you look around and you see the stuff that you've got to deal with. But the, the, Well, the, I, think, I think you're right there. I was just going to mention, because you said the, um, you know, kind of declutter and your mental state, you know, there is science behind that, and there is a whole philosophy called feng shui about the, you know, energy in a room because of stuff, you know, being right. around you, whether it's clutter or chair position wrong, but... Bottom line, you guys have all felt it when you when you walk in a you know maybe a living room or a kitchen that has dishes in it compared to a clean one. You can actually breathe differently, you know. And so, so there's something to be said about that as well, you know. And that that's the thing. A lot of people say, "Oh my God, if I live, I could never live in a tiny house. It'd be so it would be so claustrophobic for me. It's such an issue." And the truth is, with with the right design and balance, you know, with the windows and the natural light and the way you can you know vault, actually vault the ceilings. It feels like a, a nice, comfortable space, and then you're cozy in a lofter per se when you're sleeping. So, um, really, you know, those challenges are answered. Well, and that's one thing I really like about the show. And even for me, someone that can, I sketch. I don't. I'm not an architect, but I will sketch a floor plan. I look at these the space, and I think, well, you know, this is how much space I have to work with, and that's it. When I watch your show, I'm learning um, how to rearrange that same, you know, ten by ten. And make it so much more functional. So I'm actually learning quite a bit from Tiny House Nation, which it's it's kind of cool to be entertained and at the same time learn. Yeah, you know it is, and that, and that's true. You know, there is definitely there are challenges involved. Um, you know, with obviously designing a, a tinier home that can be emulated, like I mentioned, not just to a tiny home, but maybe a smaller home or somewhere where maybe a room where you really want to utilize the space in. So. You know, yeah, man, it's an awesome movement. I'm, 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 you know, loving the heck out of, uh, you know, the path right now, the, the show, and uh, and everything that that's to come. I'm, uh, I'm excited about it, man. Well, good deal. Well, look, just real quick, tell us uh, the normal day for Calvin Collins during a build. When you're filming, you're building. Um, what's your normal day sort of summed up, and just you know, what's it like? So, what's it like? Uh, amazing and. Um, extremely uh, challenging at the same time. <laughs> you know? what's, your build, uh, what's your build time on these? You know, typically they're very similar to the structure we did, um, the Extreme Maker for Home, believe it or not, Dwayne. And um, we, we streamline a little bit more. Basically, we have about four and a half days. We have seven days total of production. But about four and a half days is our mark to turn the, these over to uh, design and staging. So we can get it ready to move. Because we, we do one more thing than we did an Extreme in seven days, and now we move the home. That's a big thing, too. So we move it to the location. And then we do, the, obviously, the, the um, proper reveal and everything. So, again, we get it ready for camera and make sure everything's clean and stuff like that. And uh, But the typical day, um, you know, is, is probably, you know, usually starts around around 5. And that's, um, you know, glancing over some emails I needed to catch up on the, from the day before. Then um, heading to site around, uh, around 6. 
um, after you know grabbing a protein bar apple in the lobby of the hotel room, and uh, and and then after that, you know, having a you know the builder meeting, you know, very similar to how we did Dwayne with Extreme, and uh, going from there, meeting with the homeowners if they're available and they have any questions, and then uh, then um, you know constantly uh, shifting gears from there. Um, you know, obviously we set up. Usually there's two or three we're, um, we're still working on and, and we're looking into the future for, of course. And then we're also, you know, um, finishing up and making sure we have the right things we need for the post-edit the one in the past. So usually, you know, working on about, you know, uh, three to four shows at one time and actually building one at, on the same, uh, same time frame as well. So, so it's pretty challenging, you know, but, but that's why I, I do it, you know. I mean, I love, you know, someone once told me that, you know, I couldn't build a, uh, a cabin in Augusta, Georgia, and help them uh, do that with Extreme Maker. That was Tim Birch, actually, good that lives in, in Virginia there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you remember, remember oh, yeah. Tim Duane. Tim's a good guy. And it, wasn't, it wasn't him that told me that, but he actually helped me with that um, project. He was, he was the project manager for Extreme before I jumped on there. And we were in Augusta, and, you know, someone basically said, there's no way you could you could finish all this. And we did, you know, this all Girl Scout camp and everything. And when you tell a person like me that something can be done, just sit back and watch. You're going to you know? do it. And You're going to do it. I, that's where I. That's where I get my energy from, and that's where I get, um, you know, the ability to keep going every day on something as crazy as, uh, you know, the schedule that we commit to. So yeah, no, it's, um, you know, yeah. And then at the end of the day, you know, usually we, um, hopefully, you know, the first couple of days are smooth, and believe it or not, we we don't we don't do two shifts, and that's that's the glorious thing that's a little bit better. Um, believe it or not, I get about four to five hours of sleep a night, Dwayne. This, that, is, this uh, is good stuff. I was going to say, man, you know, <laughs> I got short changed. I got maybe an hour a week, a week yeah. I think, during that week. But, yeah, that was good. Of course, I wouldn't trade my experience for the world. Um, everyone says, you know, would you do another build? The crazy thing is, you know, you're you're going nuts during the week and you're, you know, you're you're a little rattled, but by the end, but the Monday after, if you're asked, would you do another one? The first the first answer is yes, without a thought. Yeah. And so it yeah. says a lot you about know, you doing what you do and keep, you know, you're continuing to do these builds and this is your job also. What a cool uh, what a cool job you have. It is, man. You know, no matter how crazy and stressful it is, so the down to the wire last minute cuz God knows we've had those make sure we're uh we're on schedule um by by the time it's ready to go and um and we're turning the corner and we're we're ready to reveal it 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 always comes in a circle and it's worth it you know at the end of the day we're able to make um these people's lives better in some way by coming into their lives helping them with design functionality and in a lot of cases this you know in this show it's their first home so, right. you know, there's something special about that, man. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to be wrapping this up in just a second. But if you uh, if you ever uh, are doing anything in Virginia and you need a builder, I know someone crazy enough to do it. <laughs> and you're, you're talking initials to are DC. Hey, hey, be careful. Uh, be careful what you wish for, my friend. Yeah, I, I've heard that before. Uh, be careful <laughs> what you say. Be careful what you say. So, listen, Calvin okay. Collins, you're a great guy. Uh, I really uh, commend you for what you're doing. I appreciate your time today. And uh, have a have a safe trip home. Dwayne, I enjoyed it, man. Take care. We'll talk soon, all right? Thank you, buddy. See you. Later. What a cool guy. And uh, what a neat job. I mean, yeah, a lot of hours, a lot of work, but the satisfaction has got to be amazing. And that's what keeps you going. You know, like I said before, uh, you know, you lose the sleep and you stress out and you, you're not doing anything else for, you know, for a week. It's, it's, that's the kind of character, people like Calvin Collins, that actually makes these TV shows a total success is the the thought and the the energy the time and what a great country we live in we can do all this and help people out and have fun doing it 
And we got enough time for websites and information about how to get in touch with uh, Dwayne Cotton. DwayneCotton.com and also BuildAmericaConstruction.com. Contact sections on both pages. Give me a call, email. Uh, we'll be glad to chat with you if you need a, a, a commercial building remodeled, a, a house built, or if you want to sell me a house, give me a call. He's on Facebook and Twitter on the radio station Facebook, uh, the radio station Twitter. You can find Dwayne Cotton. And we'll be back next Saturday morning, 8 to 9, with Dwayne Cotton's Build America.